welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime in the uh, or from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the aforementioned Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook app today, and they'll match your first bet up to $1,000. Win or lose, Superbook.com for terms and conditions. They will get you right. The Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, GaryAshton.com, is where you go for your dream address. Without the stress, get the intel edge you need to succeed at GaryAshton.com. And... The True Math Fitness in the Gulch, TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, get a new way to work out, a better way to work out at TrueMathFitness.com. So, rebuilding. Titans lost seven straight games to end their season. And now the question, we've spent many months and will continue to do so, talking about it once their season gets underway. We've spent a lot of time talking about rebuild retool remodel what is it what are they doing what should we call this current state of this tennessee titans team and so when you look at where they're at and how they're trying to compete in a conference that has the best quarterbacks in football bar none Aaron Rodgers, whenever it happens, if it happens at this point, until it does, I guess we can't just assume that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the New York Jets. But Aaron Rodgers is just like a a side piece in what is the AFC uh, menu of quarterbacks, the uh, gauntlet of quarterbacks that you have to work your way through, not just in the divisions, but when we get to the postseason as well, wild card divisional AFC championship game, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, for the time being Lamar Jackson, potentially Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, of course. Jimmy Garoppolo has come over to the AFC. You're seeing a lot more veteran quarterbacks come to the AFC as a means of this uh, of teams trying to compete. Russell Wilson, though he might be washed, we'll find out under Sean Payton. I still think that they have the ability to pose a threat. I don't know what to make of guys like Mac Jones. I think I feel a lot better about Trevor Lawrence. Both are in the AFC at this point, and we'll see what uh, Miami is able to do with Tua. The AFC is quarterback stacked. And so where the Titans factor into all this is they try to find ways to win with their current quarterback situation, which doesn't look like it's changing in 2023. What can you realistically expect from the Titans as they try to get off the mat? So let's talk about it on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch as we get into this discussion together um, on the primetime show. How long will it take to make this Titans team competitive? Now, your definition, definition of competitive, it can vary if you want it to. You can uh, make it mean competitive within the division because they have to do that. They're not at a point where they can just assume they're going to be probably the third betting favorite out of these four teams to win the division this year. I would imagine they're behind the Jags, certainly. And I would anticipate, even though the Colts don't have a quarterback, I'd bet you money they're behind the Colts again in the AFC betting, AFC South betting odds. But I think that uh, I think that when you look um, at this point to at the Tennessee Titans and where they're at, how long will it take to make this Titans team competitive? 
competitive for a Super Bowl, that can be your definition. Competitive for the division, that can mean it as well. I think if you make the playoffs, you are considered a Super Bowl contender. So division winner, I think, is a reasonable turnaround time. Matthew Stevens says three years. Stephen King says two and a half. Trust the tank. Uh, we'll talk about together right after I remind you that this is, of course, your Two Rivers Ford take. And your Two Rivers Ford take is brought to you by Two Rivers Ford. Go to go to Two Rivers Ford for all the best quality American-made Ford vehicles and the best value. Two Rivers Ford has fantastic prices. They always sell their non-specialty new vehicles below MSRP. They have award-winning customer service and the best vehicles in the business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet, 40 years of Two Rivers Ford and Two Rivers Ford uh, online at tworiversford.com if you would like to order your vehicle online the way that I did from Two Rivers Ford. So how long will it take to get this thing turned around truly to make it competitive? Anthony Ham says three to four years until we get wide receivers, says Chris Frazier. Jonathan Ertle is copping out. He says depends on how injured we are. I get that, but, you know, I mean, I think I think there are a great many reasons why the previous administration or the head of the previous administration is no longer here, and it has more to do with just injury. Randy Howard says one to two years depends on whether they draft trade for the future at quarterback or Willis makes a giant leap in will uh, in year two Malik Willis his development matters a great deal in all of this if he doesn't if he doesn't make significant progress they're not married to him they can I mean it would be tough to cut him but you could cut him um you could try and trade him I don't know what his value would be you might be able to get something for him but I think a lot of teams are going to cite that tape and look around and be like yeah I don't know um I think it would be fascinating if the Titans still tried to get up in this quarterback draft I think they could I think Malik Willis would make a lot of sense for a trade package um I also think Ryan Tannehill would make a lot of sense for a trade package. But I think that when you look at the cost-benefit analysis of what it is to move these guys at this point and who you would probably be landing on, say if the Titans were to really get up in this thing, going from 11 overall to three, theoretically. Arizona is the team picking at three. Arizona doesn't necessarily have a pressing need at quarterback. Um, they can probably get Will Anderson later on in the draft. I don't know that they could get him at 11, but they could still get a damn good player on offense or defense. They need both at this point, and they're in a different situation than the Titans are. If the Titans were to trade up to three, they would probably be picking from Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. I would hope that the choice would be Richardson if you were going up that far, given what we think Levis to be, which is at the high end. I believe Will Levis at the high end ends up having a career like Ryan Tannehill's, which is a really, really good NFL career. Um, a couple of Pro Bowls here and there, some moments, some big moments that will wow you. And, uh, you know, heading, at, at heading into age 35, a really, really nice NFL career. Ryan Tannehill will have had a lot of success, will have made a lot of money for himself and his family, generational-type wealth. I think that's a, that's a great bar for somebody like Will, Le Will Levis to achieve at, but you know that Anthony Richardson has higher-level traits. So I think it would be fascinating. I think that it would make a lot of sense to put Malik as a part of that package if a team who was, uh, you know, if the Cardinals were interested in Malik, 
which they might be because Monty Ossenfort might be still curious about the Malik Willis experience, given that he was on the staff that drafted Malik here in Tennessee. Who's to say? We'll talk about this uh, a little more uh, right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by the Superbook Sports app. Download the Superbook Sports app today, and they will get you in on all the action for all your favorite teams, all your favorite major sports. Superbook has you covered. There's no better place to wager. There's no better place to get the best odds boosts and promo bets. It's the best wagering app around with a direct line to experienced book bookmakers behind the counter on the strip. Plus, you can get a $250 bonus when you sign up, deposit, and wager in the same day. So don't let spring pass you by without winning money with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-889. Nine seven eight nine. So, how long should it realistically take this administration to turn the Titans around? Well, with the pieces in place, I think the quarterback's still plenty. I think the quarterback's still plenty talented enough. Um, I think that uh, I think that when you look at Ryan Tannehill and where he's at with only one year left on his deal, I think it makes a lot of sense to keep him. For 2023, I think it makes a lot of sense to find a better developmental quarterback situation behind him. If that's Richardson, if they feel that's Levis, I might disagree with them. But, you know, I don't know what their draft board looks like. We will see. Um, MKZ's MK Zipper Club on YouTube says Tannehill is not going to win shit. Well, he may not win shit, but it's not necessarily just about that. It's trying to put yourself in the best possible position to win at a high level at some point in the next couple of years. We're talking about a turnaround. They are clearly in a situation where they need to rebuild a lot of the shit that's around here. Ryan Tannehill is a plenty good enough. He's a better than good enough bridge quarterback to put you in a position to succeed if you think that you need to do the thing, which we've talked about, which we've potentially discussed going up and get a quarterback for the future and likely a developmental quarterback at that with higher level traits, a higher level ceiling than what you have currently on the roster. If you can get that in place, you can make a decision on Ryan Tannehill. That's easier. You'll have a year to figure it out with Tannehill under contract. You'll have a year to let the young quarterback develop and try and do better with um, whomever that is than you did with Malik Willis. All of this is a hypothetical, of course, but I think that you have the potential to do all of those things, and Ryan Tannehill makes plenty sense. Now, um, you can say that he just isn't the guy or whatever kind of lame, generic bullshit that people want to throw out there about quarterbacks who aren't Patrick Mahomes. Listen, there's probably two elite quarterbacks in the NFL this, the, this year. I would say Patrick Mahomes is an elite-level player. I would probably put Joe Burrow in that same category. I don't think there's many other elite players that, at the position. There's different tiers of guys. You may think that Ryan Tannehill is in a different tier. And I'm not here to have the same dumbass, Ryan Tannehill, is he good enough? Isn't he good enough? Can he get us over the hump? Is he a choker? Is he a system quarterback? The same lame talking points I've heard for three damn years about a quarterback who has won a great many football games. Again, I don't care one way or the other about how far they go this year. But if you are going to ignore the situation that you have comparative to the rest of the league where everybody else is trying to figure out the exact same kind of shit as you are, 
then I don't know what you want them to do right now because you can't just trip and fall into a Mahomes. If if Bryce Young ends up being half the player that Joe Burrow is, then whomever drafts him, Houston, Carolina, or otherwise, will have found a generational talent. Those dudes don't exist very much. Lamar would be a step up from Ryan Tannehill. Of course, we're talking about higher-level traits with a better ability to make plays in different ways than Ryan Tannehill does. I would take Josh Allen over Ryan Tannehill. Again, there's only so many of those dudes, and everybody else is trying to figure out how to win. This is the game of the NFL. You have the situation, you have the cards that you're dealt, and you have to figure out your way around it. You can trip and fall into the generational type guy, and I'm inclined to agree with you. Wouldn't that be swell before I say a bad word? But in the absence of that and no guaranteed commodities, you have no idea that C.J. Stroud is going to be quote-unquote that guy. You have no idea if Bryce Young. You remember how we thought Tua was going to be the second coming of football Jesus Christ and then all of a sudden, Justin Herbert is a far better player at the position, and he's been he's been surpassed by a lot of different players, and he can work well within a system if he has proper surroundings. You don't always get the proper surroundings, but you know what helps? He's cheap, so they can figure it out. Now, you don't have a chief quarterback, but you can find one in this year's draft, and if he's not ready to play, like you know damn sure he isn't, and you're Mike Vrabel, and you're not going to actively tank a season, then Ryan Tannehill is the player who makes the most sense. Like, it's not that hard to figure out, and it's so, I mean, it's just such a base level lowest common denominator, lazy ass argument that I'm tired of having. But if you guys want to keep fighting about it, we can't because turns out Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr. I mean, hell, Josh Allen has higher level traits, but he still has a problem in the playoffs that Buffalo's talking about. And you're not just because you turn on red zone and you see a quarterback whipping a 70 yard pass down the field. I get it. You want the big flashy fireworks things. And you know who didn't win the Super Bowl? You know who hasn't won the Super Bowl? You know who's talking about the fact that they just paid him a lot of money and he's maybe not quite ready to compete at the level that he needs to be? Buffalo. Holy hell. I mean, it's just such a it's such it's just such a tired argument. So let's close the case on that and let's continue to have conversations that are realistic, ground in reality, and don't have you fantasizing about quarterbacks that you're probably not going to get. So um, at this point, I think that the thing that makes the most sense, um, I think that the thing that makes the most sense, Lamar Jackson, if they can legitimately make a play for him, Lamar Jackson is the best possible option of any quarterback options that are out there right now. That is also a significantly less lesser percentage chance of happening, and specifically that this team would be involved in, given Tannehill, uh, given Tannehill's presence on the roster. Again, I'm not saying don't trade for Lamar Jackson because because Ryan Tannehill's there. I'm not saying that at all. You can clear the money needed for Lamar by cutting Ryan Tannehill. It's as simple as that. I still think that that's the best option for this football team if they're really trying to find a solution, a franchise quarterback solution. Now, in the absence of that, because they can make a play for it, they can miss out. We'll see what happens after the draft, probably in all likelihood. But if they're going to make a, make a different kind of a play, the rebuild very much depends on that. I think they can flip this thing in this offseason and the next. I truly do. Um, I think that it's going to take, you know, 
a little more than a full calendar year for them to turn this thing around and to get it back to a place where we think it's competing with the likes of Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati now who's entered the conversation and getting back to getting back to a place where it seems like they've been overtaken by a team like Miami, right? Potentially the Jets. Um, we'll see what happens uh, this year in the AFC. It's a very complicated conference. But I think that if it takes them this season of messing around, winning seven to eight games, looking good enough to cause problems, but not good enough to win at a high level, and then by the time we get to next offseason and they're ready to compete at a higher level, I think that's the trajectory that's fair to expect. I think they can flip this thing around in a calendar year at this point. But, you know, they have to hit on their draft picks. It's possible. They can do it. That should be the expectation because you fired a general manager. And if you're telling me, if you're Amy Adams Strunk, that you're holding your club to a higher standard and that six consecutive winning seasons prior to that point in an AFC championship game appearance were not enough, okay, then a calendar year is what they should realistically be able to do this in if you've hired the right people and if you've put the right people in place. We'll find out. Let's move on to something less serious uh, and I think a bit um, more interesting, or not a bit more interesting, but uh, a bit more annoying than uh, even the Ryan Tannehill conversation. The NFL has officially allowed players to wear the number zero this year in the league. Now, we know that they went, uh, they allowed more, I don't want to call them unconventional, but they went more collegiate with it, right? You got line inside linebackers wearing 18. You got uh, you got tight ends wearing seven. You've got all different kinds of things um, that they've allowed, and now they've allowed zeros on the field. So with uh, with this, um, I think that inevitably somebody on the Titans roster is going to come up as come out as agent zero. There's already been three or four different players who declared that they're going to change their numbers to zero and become agent zero. Micah Parsons among them on your graphic. So who on the, on the current Titans roster would look best in the number zero. We'll talk about it together. Kenny Burroughs style, right? We'll talk about it together. Double zeros though. I don't know if double zeros are allowed. I think at least zero is allowed at this point. I'm not sure about the double zeros specifically. Either way, the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. GaryAshton.com is where you go for your dream address without the stress. Get the Intel edge you need to succeed with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. And the primetime show, GaryAshton.com, will help you sell your home without any stagings or showings, help you find your next one while you sell your current home in this red-hot Nashville real estate market, help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity now. The team that your favorite teams trust is the Gary Ashton Group of Remax Advantage at GaryAshton.com. So um, looking at the circumstance for this, uh, this new number change now i hate it i don't know why it bothers me as much as it does i wish they would have just left them conventional i wish that linemen uh, offensive linemen would have been you know 70s through 50s i wish that linebackers would have been uh 50s or you know 50s through even 40s um i think that defensive back should have been relegated from 40s to 20s like it was so much cleaner so much easier for me to be able to identify players when I watch them, but you know, these are, uh, 
these are selfish problems that I have with it. Now I think that uh, that now I think it, it can potentially be Agent Zero a good look, and I think there's a couple of different players who might uh, who might be interesting in that uh, in that look. I did mean to play for you a, a video earlier um, about the uh, the rebuild that the Titans might engage in, and some words from Mike Vrabel at the NFL owners meetings about the situation that they're trying to manage as they roster churn with important pieces still in place. So we'll get back to the agent zero thing here in just a second, but first here's Titans head coach, Mike Rabel. No, it's, we've decided uh, that we want to make a connection, a personal connection with every player on our team, with every coach. Some of those connections and those relationships are stronger than others. Always said that. We, we want to get to know them. We want to be able to help them on the field. That's our first job, and off the field as well. With, with anything that they have, what we have, we're together a lot. So that personal connection that means something. But there is a business side. Mm-hmm. There is a professional side that we we all have to work through. The, those players that I would say that have been here for five years since I've been here really have meant a lot to, to our program, to our team, to our organization, to our fans, to our, to our coaches. So we'll continue to work through all those professional conversations the best that we can as we continue to build you know, a football team that we feel like can win a championship. So that's, does that mean you have to kind of go into damage control mode with know what damage control is. I mean, this is just uh, having conversations throughout the roster with, with players. You know what I mean? And contracts are, are up or they have years remaining on their contract. Or players that are in restricted free agents. I mean, you're always trying to have honest conversations with them and understand that there, there is a business side of this and I'm trying to do what's best for the team. That's Mike Vrabel at the owners' meetings. Uh, that video, courtesy of Teron Davenport um, at ESPN. Okay, so Agent Zero. Um, who should be Agent Zero for the Tennessee Titans at this point? I think that uh, I think that the you know I think that the look could be pretty good for a lot of different players. I think that Chig would be an interesting look, especially with the visor. I know Derrick Henry in 22 is iconic, uh, having played or having been number two in college, now 22 in the pros. I can't. I think Derrick had a two jersey in the preseason his rookie year, which I really, really liked. I wish they would let him go. I mean, I guess he could go back to that, but he's been 22 at this point for so many uh, different records that he's broken that um, – you know, I think that that would be unfortunate if he decided to pivot now. But I think Derek and the visor as Agent Zero would be a different kind of nasty. I also like it for defensive ends. I think Arden Key would be interesting uh, as a uh, as an Agent Zero. Harold Landry is 58. I kind of like, but, you know, I think you could get creative with it. Mostly, though, I want T.R. Tart to switch his number to zero. I think that would make me happy. Just a big old, uh, you know, hunk of, hunk of pop tart in the middle of the defense, swatting passes, intercepting. Um, intercepting Colts quarterbacks and rolling around with a big old zero on his belly. That makes me, uh, it makes me happy. What was the, what was the Mike Keith call? I can't do it the way that the voice of the Titans can, but he's just, uh, he's just so good at it. It's like, 
I'm not going to imitate Mike Keith. I'll embarrass myself. And Robert, Robert will record it and put it out somewhere on the internet. Then I simply cannot have these things. So, you know, we got to play a defense against that. Uh, offense and defensive line can't have zero. That's really then why then why change the rule? What a shame. Anyway, uh, let's uh, let's move on to uh, rising and falling. Whose stock went up? Whose stock went down this week in sports? We'll talk about it together. Right after I remind you that primetime is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, they'll help you get right, get in shape, get your fitness goals accomplished, whatever they might be. The coaching staff is incredible. The classes are fantastic. No workout ever recycled or repeated truemapfitness.com is where you go to sign up for their membership options for personal training for group classes or just to use their open gym truemapfitness.com for your first workout free okay so whose stock rose whose stock fell this week in sports there's been a lot of discussion around lamar jackson at this point and i think a lot of different players um are keeping an eye on this a lot of different quarterbacks are keeping an eye on the Lamar Jackson guaranteed contract negotiations and about how it's gone. There's been a couple of different things that the Titans uh, that the Titans have going on contractually that are difficult to navigate, but nothing quite like Balt- what Baltimore is dealing with with Lamar. Now, I don't necessarily think he's hurt his stock. I think Lamar Jackson's value is Lamar Jackson's value, and I think that's what the NFL is trying to tell him too. It's just they, you know, fundamentally disagree on where it is that this player should be valued right now. And it seems that he's getting frustrated with people that who are citing things about questioning the reason for his value or why NFL teams should be questioning his value when considering offering him a fully guaranteed contract. Well, not just 10 games. Also did not finish the season at either time at a a time when the team obviously would have loved to have him out there to make a playoff run. Uh, Lamar, for the first time, I think, explains really what happened at the end of last season. And there was a lot of questions about was he going to be able to play? Is he healthy enough to play? Is he kind of healthy but just can't go out there and be the Lamar Jackson that we've all seen who is a great player? And it seems like it's the latter for the first time Lamar Jackson speaking out as he has done this week probably more than at any other point in his career saying that he did not feel like he could 100% be the Lamar Jackson that we know and he didn't think it was fair to be that it is also worth noting Mike that we were all in Arizona this week many of the owners and head coaches spoke many who did not have the Patrick Mahomes or Justin Herberts or Uh, Joe Burrow, they weighed in on Lamar, and not one person, to our knowledge, said, yes, we want to sign him to an offer sheet. Perhaps he's reacting to that as well. Which is still kind of crazy, right? Not one team, when asked at the NFL owners' meetings this week, came out and said, we want Lamar Jackson. I... I can't even begin to imagine why. Now I get the the I get the owner's position, the precedent that they're trying to avoid, the thing that the Browns really banged everybody with, which is the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed deal. But I think that the stock for NFL ownership has gone up this week because they are holding strong as a unit against a former NFL MVP at the quarterback position who all of them know if you're Atlanta, if you're Washington, if you're the Jets. Honestly, I think Lamar makes so much more sense for the Jets 
than Aaron Rodgers does because at least you know you'd have Lamar for a long-term deal instead of just maybe one year in an ayahuasca trip. If you're Aaron Rodgers, like this many teams saying no on Lamar Jackson is crazy to me. Completely crazy to me. So, you know, for the NFL ownership, he's not getting what he wants. That's a stock-up type situation. Stock down, I don't know if Lamar's stock is dropping, but I think his frustration is becoming more and more obvious for everybody, and understandably so. He should be continuing to ask for a full and guaranteed deal as long as there is a quarterback in the last cycle who got one, and Deshaun was. But it does seem, and Ian Rappaport made this point later on the NFL Network, I think in the same day as the first clip that I showed you, that Lamar Jackson may best just be off trying to figure out things with the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know what Lamar Jackson's cause is. I don't know what his ultimate goal is. And I think that's been one of the difficulties for the Baltimore Ravens as well. Does he want to be on another team? My understanding of his trade request was to the Ravens, essentially, if you aren't going to pay me, then let me go find someone who will, which is, to me, different, Mike, than maybe a trade request because it did sound like at least the version that I received that he would prefer to be a Baltimore Raven if they were to pay him with the second best option being getting an offer sheet from someone else, which the Ravens could still then potentially match. I know a lot of teams do believe they would potentially match. But this has been an interesting week in Arizona. I mean, I'm not still in Arizona, but we were in Arizona. Many, many teams came out, loved the player, said great things about him, but explained why they would not pursue him. Does Lamar Jackson, at the end of all this, kind of realize maybe the best market is with the Ravens? Would be curious to know the answers to those questions. I mean, it's insane to me, right? And I just saw this tweet from Evan Kaplan at ESPN. After comments from their coaches and owners in the last few days and the lack of interest in Lamar Jackson, there's some pressure on Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter in the 2023 season. Ritter threw two touchdowns in four games as a rookie. Howell has thrown 19 passes in the NFL. It's crazy to think about, man. I mean, again, last year was not a good quarterback class. We all acknowledge that. You saw that reflected in where teams picked up the quarterbacks, right? Ritter was a second rounder. I think Howell was Howell a fifth rounder, a fourth round pick by the Washington Commanders. And then you had Matt Corral, I'd be, I believe, going in the fourth or fifth round as well. Either way, um, I I think it's crazy, but this is the situation where uh, teams find themselves in and where Lamar Jackson finds himself. So I think for the purposes of Lamar, Lamar Jackson's contract hopes, I think that's a stock down situation type deal. Uh, Howell was a fifth round pick. That's crazy. Washington is riding with Sam Howell, a former fifth round pick over Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I mean, Sam Howell and, and uh, isn't Jacoby Brissett, Jake Brisket? That's the, that's their, you know, that's their Taylor Heineke option. Oof. Man, somebody has got to make this make sense to me. Either way, uh, radio show uh, tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun. We'll obviously have a lot to say about um, the quarterback situations that are ongoing in the league. We're going to get into uh, a discussion about um, a couple of different teams who have put together rebuild type situations in the league, kind of have a more detailed conversation about this on Friday. Uh, by the way, speaking of the radio show, Titan Center or former Titan Center, I still got to get used to former Titan Center. Ben Jones. Uh, ben Jones is going to co-host the last hour 
of the Friday show with me from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. So Ben's going to come in studio. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about uh, how it was that his Titans career came to an end and everything that's going on with him and how he looks at this franchise right now and what uh, what the next step might be. So that's on Friday's show from 12 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Going to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of you, we're going to take some calls too. I know a lot of you guys are excited to hang out with uh, Ben, have, have ben, ben hang out on the radio show with us. Um, but we'll do that Friday. Tomorrow, I'm trying to think who Lucas told me was on the show. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know if Robert does either. I think maybe Jimmy Wyatt from the owners meetings. Perhaps. Either way, I just got double middle fingers from Bert, which means it's time to end the show. Have a great rest of your night. I'll see you guys tomorrow at some point on radio or primetime. Are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal the show. Thank you.